Hello everyone and welcome to the Flexthetic podcast. I know it's been a super tough and overwhelming few weeks for most of us in the country and for people across the world with family in India, both in terms of physical well-being and mental health. But hang in there and we're all going to be out of this very soon. But till then, urging everyone to please stay safe and get in some amount of movement every day because movement is medicine. Today, I have with me the very talented Sahil Tavora. Sahil is an Indian professional footballer who is currently playing as a midfielder for the club Hyderabad FC in the Indian Super League. As a youngster, Sahil attended training camps at Liverpool FC and the second division club in Brazil. Sahil made his hero ISL debut with FC Goa back in 2016 and he was also with Mumbai City FC in 2017-2018. The attacking midfielder played for Hyderabad FC 2019 onwards and I'm really looking forward to seeing him make a huge impact this season. You play football and it's it's like mostly outdoorsy. You know, we got used to sort of like a home workout routine or you know I I even um, last lockdown bought equipment at home you know like bars and weights and all these sort of things to train at home so i even just a few weeks back actually got bought like a bench so because i just saw that you know gyms were not going to be open anytime soon or even if they open they won't really the safest option so i sort of bought a stocked up on all the equipment and loaded up to train at home of course it's not the same as you know being on the pitch or training with the ball and things like that uh, but in terms of just adapting uh, i sort of got all the equipment and i train at home for the most parts at the moment because the safest and every now and then if possible i just go for a run maybe usually at night so that there's not a lot of people or no people whatsoever so yeah that's about it oh yeah running in goa was awesome like i used to do that as well So when I was in Goa I didn't obviously have equipment I didn't have access to a gym so running was all I used to do sometimes I used to go go to the yeah. beach in the morning yeah. and it used to be nice I I think running in Goa yeah. is quite fun uh but but then what is your training look like I mean is there is there something is there a program that you follow yeah so in that sense um since i'm contracted to hyderabad the next season as well in the isl um our like strength and conditioning coach uh, gives us a program like an off season program to follow so i mean it's a mix of like it depends first what we have so he sort of asks you what sort of equipment you have at home so he gives us a program to make sure that we're in good condition in this off season because i guess we don't train for a while and go to the season you're more likely to you know get injuries and not be in the best of condition so we're just following that it's a mix of like weight training like for the legs maybe squats deadlifts all these kind of uh, all these kind of things and uh, a bit of cardio so sometimes it's like an HIIT program otherwise it's basically a program that we follow and it sort of adapts it so at the beginning as you get closer to the pre-season it's sort of more intense or more specific in nature at the moment it's more general so that you just overall in good shape so that's what we follow i bought 
another bar and the the bench actually was the latest addition i feel like uh as time goes by i'm just going to have a full fledged gym here and i live in an apartment so it's not <laughs> it's not the easiest to manage yeah but yeah the bench was a good acquisition if i would say because i get to do a lot of stuff that i couldn't do mm-hmm. um but now i'm sort of struggling because i don't have a, a squat rack and stuff so if it's really heavy then i can't really lift it on my back so i i think i think a squat rack is going to be the next addition but but apart from this like i quickly want to understand uh, a little bit more about your journey how football happened for you your journey with isl over the years uh tell us a little more about all of this shaped up for you so football was actually something that started in school like i guess most of most of the kids um initially actually till i was about 8 i was like mad into cricket where i really loved cricket and stuff like that mm. i wanted to be a cricketer but but i guess um like my go and blast took over at some point it said no no you have to play football um and my family was fully into football as well so i think when i was like 9 um i sort of made that switch and joined one of the football summer camps and then sort of took off from there where where i got into like the school team i played from there because the school team was one of the best in the state so from there i sort of got picked to the to the state team and uh, and i represented goa under 14 16 um and then i also at the same time was part of an academy that was formed here in goa which was called the brazilian football academy so this academy sort of started when i was about 13 till like 16 17 so for 3 4 years um i was part of the school team and this academy so i would go in the morning uh, before school to the school training and then directly after school i like pack lunch have lunch and then take another bus to like this evening academy training so i did this like 6 5 6 days a week for like 3 4 years <laughs> so that's how i sort of had a good foundation till about 17 18 and my first professional um, sorry it's a really long story i feel like i'm going on and on no no that's absolutely fine <laughs> so yeah so then uh, from then on i so i sort of was like 17 18 17 actually at this point and i joined saza football academy which was an academy that also had a a team in the goa professional league mm. which is like a state league yeah, yeah. so I was about 16 17 at this point and I joined Saza Football Academy which is an academy but also as a team in the in the Goa Professional League and I signed there for 2 years actually but I played about 3 months and you know I was doing really well and stuff like that and I got attention from Dempo who was like one of the biggest um, teams in India at the time uh, they played in the I League so it was like a step up and you know they contacted Chaja and sort of paid a transfer fee for me and i moved there for 3 years and i played there and then after 3 years at dempo playing in the i league in goa league i moved to fc goa in the isl and sort of things kicked on from there and then i played fc goa mumbai and now hyderabad yeah and uh... I mean like of course like you mentioned that you were a part of FC Goa and you were also part of the uh, Mumbai team right and um, was there any challenge attached to it in terms of fans reacting to that and how how did they take that 
I feel like fans never know the entire story, so they always speak and say some have something to say. Um, but I sort of played for FC Goa, and I'm from Goa, so like you know I'm local, and like the fans were like oh, really liked me because I was local, and I did well for them. But the following year, the league had sort of a draft system where all the players went into a draft, and it was up to the club to sort of pick the players, you know. Oh, and each yeah. team, each team got a got a pick. So it was like, okay, now Delhi pick, now Mumbai pick, now Goa pick. So it was in order. Uh, so Mumbai, Mumbai picked me in the draft before FC Goa. So it's not like I picked to play for Mumbai that time because that was the draft at, at the at the time. So I ended up going to Mumbai, and some of the fans were like, "Oh, you betrayed us." Yeah, but how how was it uh, with Hyderabad? Yeah, with Hyderabad it was good. I mean the the this is the season that passed was my second year i have another year next year um but the first year wasn't very good because we didn't really do well as a team but last season was very good we had a new coach um, his name is manolo marquez who's a spanish guy and um, he did really well with the team and we almost made it to the playoffs we had a really good season with a really good young team mm. um and we almost made it to playoffs and everyone spoke of us and Sort of give a good account of ourselves and set it up well for the season to come because we have a lot of players that will continue with us, so we have a good foundation for the next season. Awesome, awesome, sounds good. Um, like touching back on um your the training bit that we actually spoke about. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, like the current situation is obviously like making all of us super anxious, right? Like all gyms are shut, everyone's been training at home. Um, mm-hmm. fitness enthusiasts and non-gym goers, everyone's equally anxious. So, 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 what do you think are like the quickest ways to sort of incorporate some movement in our everyday lives? So, first of all, I think the first step would be to to make that conscious decision. Like, okay, you know, if I do not commit forty-five minutes to an hour every day, then I won't really see progress. So, the way I see it is that now. you know sort of what your day is like you know maybe if you went to an office you maybe kept mm-hmm. back by your boss or you have extra work suddenly on a particular day so instead of coming back at 5 you're coming back at 7:30 you know yeah know. yeah that makes sense so now yeah. yeah so now you sort of know that okay i have to work today i will be working i have to come quickly this much but i'm starting at 8:30 i can get up at 7 and do one hour Oh, I'll finish at five, and I have things to do. I have to start cooking at seven, but I can do from five thirty to six thirty. You know, so even though you're at home, I guess you can plan better. Yeah. So I, I mean, football is you know an endurance sport. So sort of running. I just, I mean, you could. I guess some players or you could just train and you know run as the season approaches. But I don't like to do that because I, I feel like. since it's an endurance sport you got to keep that sort of momentum going and you know keep that fitness level up okay it may not be you know as peak you may not get the peak times as pre season or you know just before the season starts but you got to at least keep some sort of uh, running in you so in terms of timings and stuff i usually do like a 5 km and um, i try to do it in like 20 21 minutes so I guess it's it's easier for me because if you're in an endurance sport, it's sort of you know sort of inbuilt. 
if you want to yeah. call it that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a sprint and like, <laughs> wouldn't be advice if someone is not an athlete. Yeah, for my 5K, I've never taken less than like a 30. No, but I feel like it's not, uh, I mean, okay, I'm doing 20, but I feel like it's not something that should be done by people who do not. I need that sort of cardiovascular endurance, you know, because, you know, especially since I have the position I play as well in midfield, I've got to get up and down and yeah. you know, always be yeah. on the move. And I, I sort of need that, you know, to be dead after a run, uh, that kind of feeling that I've always, you know, it's, I'm dying, I can't, I can't, but I'm doing it, that kind of feeling. Because that's how you feel in the game towards like 85, 90, that's how you're feeling and you have to run back and defend and things like that. But I feel like if someone's just running, you know, just to sort of get that cardio in and burn fast and things like this, then you should just do like a steady pace, but make sure you're on the move. Not, of course, like a, a five kilometers in one hour, one and a half hour. Absolutely, but yeah, if you're doing like five kilometers, 30, you know, 30 minutes, 32 minutes, fine. Yeah. So, so what happens with me that I, I run like two days a week and I do, I try to do like 25K a week. So, right? so if I'm running mm. two days a week, I do like 10K, then 8K or something oh, like nice. that. It's not that I'm running <laughs> in one stretch, but sort of breaking it down. So I think that somehow... Uh, worked out for me but obviously might not work out Correct. for someone else right but that, that's Correct. Really Correct. subjective but but do you run on the streets because like and um, mm. everybody's been like oh you don't run on the streets very high impact on your knees and and you won't be able to sustain for long and things like that but but do you uh, recommend that i i think more important than that is the shoes you sort of get so if you're so i make sure that the shoes i get my running shoes are like the asics ones that are I mean, there are obviously, there's a lot of options in the market. But if you, as long as you have the right shoes that you're running with, I think that that's what they sort of, uh, that's why maybe they're a little more on the expensive side because of the, you know, the soul that they have and the, the technology that they have in terms of, you know, your impact and things like this. Of course, I mean, you know, I feel like when you're running, unless you're on a, like on a soft football ground or, you know, maybe on, on the beach or something, you're always going to be on, on a road or sort of like a hard surface. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I feel like a lot of people who <laughs> who say, oh, you shouldn't be running on a road or hard surface are the ones that don't like running. So they're <laughs> discouraging you from running. <laughs> but, but I feel like you'll always be on some sort of hard surface. So more important than uh, what surface you're on, I think it's important to have the right shoes uh, while running, especially on like a harder surface, that makes sense. That that makes sense. That's some really good advice. But it was really difficult to run on the beach, yeah. That was something I realized. Yeah. It was so difficult <laughs> to do that. You know, some some areas of the beach is like wet sand, so it's a little harder. So you're okay, like you know, you're yeah. And suddenly that same area will be soft, and you're like, oh my god, this is a lot of energy just to get out of this hole. My my foot is creating, you know. <laughs> But yes, yes, you you mentioned that you're usually dead after your runs, right? So I'll just quickly mm -hmm. come to nutrition here and uh, check on what you usually prefer eating after your runs and what what are the sorts of things you eat before one so that it fuels um, Yeah, so usually I sort of, um, I mean, the days I go for a run, I sort of do something light at home before I go for my run. 
Um, so I'll sort of do like a little bit of an upper body or core session before I, you know, decide to go for a run. So, you know, first of all, like hydrating while you're doing that workout or um, if you're doing something before your run, then it's important to hydrate as you do that. So I have, you know, whatever, BCA, or even if it's a simple electrolyte in terms of, um, an electrolyte is fine as long as you're sort of drinking something to that yeah. workout. And, uh, you know, it's harder to carry a drink while you're running. And some people have seen do it, but I don't really feel comfortable holding a bottle while I'm running. Yeah, same. So it's important to... So it's important to have something before. So I sort of like have like two dates or three dates that doesn't really fill you up or figs or something like that are sort of high in energy before you run. So in between the the upper body or core session and going for a run, I sort of have this. Even And even days if you want to carry them um, in your pocket or, you know, something like this. Um, as you go for a run, I think that's good advice because they sort of give you high energy and let it keep you going because sometimes I felt the difference you know where you're sort of struggling for energy and then you have one of these dates or figs and then you have a little more energy to go that's what I do before and during and after I just have my um, uh, recovery sort of whey protein and like a small banana or something but but do you do you um, change your nutrition during your season time and um, like closer to a season or like does it say this stay the same throughout? In terms of uh, nutrition, in terms of whether it stays throughout or not, I feel like as it gets closer to the season, I get a little more stricter with what I'm eating. You know, um, as it like in the initial period of the off season, maybe I'll have some things that otherwise during the season I would not have. So it's like a a cheat period in terms of food for a bit and then uh, and then the nutrition now is you know I start going back to training and you know focus on it I'd sort of be more strict in terms of what I'm eating what I'm not eating all these kind of things and as the season starts then just only gets a lot more stricter like no this no that no this no that beetroot mm-hmm. uh, juice beetroot juice there are a lot of things that I hate um, but I still have which I feel like it's something that you've got to do if you're an athlete. And for me, beetroot juice and sweet potato top these charts. What do you think about the current football scenario in India? Um, I think it's come a long way from what it used to be, um, especially after ISL. And um, what is next for you in it? And how do you see it growing? Yeah, so the, uh, like you said, the ISL started in, in I think, 2014. Uh, I've been a part of it since 2016, so um, quite a while now. Mm. Um, and it's definitely growing. Like It's only getting uh, bigger and, you know, getting more eyeballs and more viewers and more fans in the stadium, you know, coming to the ground on TV. Um, there's a lot more professionalism coming to the sport, um, a lot more quality in terms of the coaches that are coming, in terms of the players that are coming. Um, so it's definitely growing. You know, it's made a household name, names of players that, you know, maybe once wouldn't have got as much recognition because of the broadcasting and things like this. So the trajectory looks very good. Uh, the graph is definitely on the up. Um, players are improving, you know. I feel like overall it's really improving. So 
So I think that that will sort of organically happen because of what the ISL is going to do to the players yeah. in terms of financially um, improving their lives, and then in turn, in turn, they want to give back, you know, to the sport. So I'm sure that this would happen in the in the future, uh, organically, I would say, because the players would get better and grow and you know have long careers, and then you know maybe in their communities where they are from, because the players in India come from all different parts of the country, which is amazing because you know you have people from remote areas from all over the world, sorry, all over the country uh, that play in the ISL. So I feel like. That would be a real benefit to the country in years to come. Sounds good, yeah. Sounds good. Parting thoughts? Any tips for young, aspiring football enthusiasts, the sporting enthusiasts in general, um, who do not play cricket? I mean, like any tips? What helps? What does not help? What helped you? First of all, it has to come from within. Like you have to really um, be passionate about sport if you want to be successful at it. Like you have to. I always give this example, like if you have um, a training the next morning and you're maybe 13, 14, 15 years old and you have a birthday party to attend or, you know, you have something with your friends that, you know, make be considered like a, I don't know, like a fun party or something like this and you have training at the same time or you have a match. Um, and if it, and if you feel like it's a no-brainer that you... I want to go to training or you want to go to your match, then that's good, always a good sign. It shows that you're passionate and you realize what you like to do more. And and if you're good and if you really like football in that sense and you keep training um, and making it a priority um, and working hard and really dedicating towards the sport, I think that's the first thing that even for parents, I would say, you know, if they're looking at their kids and they see that it's coming from their child that they they sort of are taking the initiative to go to training or you know waking up early on their own or things like this and it's always a good sign that they are passionate and the advice would be just to you know work hard and um, I'm sure that a lot of parents are apprehensive and they they say you know kid has to also study and you know be have a certain grade and you know the grades should not drop and something that my parents said as well and that's the reason I studied more than anything else because I wanted to be allowed to play football and my parents said that as long as my grades did not drop, I would be allowed to play football. So out of fear, more than anything else, I kept studying and you know did well in school through the years. So that's something that kids should do as well and of course dedicate to the sport and will be in good steps going forward. Thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode. You can subscribe to the podcast to keep getting updates on future episodes. And you can also follow us on Instagram to get in touch and for all updates. Our Instagram handle is flexthetic underscore the podcast. That is F-L-E-X-T-H-E-T-I-C underscore T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. I'll see you guys very soon with a new elite athlete. Have a great day.